Do you want to learn how to make your own beer? It's time for Just Brew It, brought to you by Niagara Tradition Homebrew. Here's your host, Jeremy White and Bert Deister. Good morning. This is Niagara Tradition's Just Brew It here on ESPN 1520. Jeremy White, Bert Deister with you on another beautiful summer Saturday. And uh, football season around the corner, so I hope everyone's having some good brewing season. I'll brew. I mean, there's never a total shutdown of brewing season but it no not anymore but it kicks up a lot more in the next month there's a nice balance so if, if i could describe um the two styles of brewing that i see my customers kind of split upon and I, I usually tend to take both there's the outdoor brewers these are the guys brewing all summer you know what i mean because they use a big turkey fryer and a big cooler and then there's the folks that brew inside in the house and they usually wait till winter when you're excited about the added heat in the house. Right. Um, but there's a nice balance in this time of year where you can open up the windows, you can brew inside, you can brew outside. The basement's starting to get down into a nice temperature. You know, we're not talking about the, you know, 50s will be in the winter, but like nice 60s. So it's nice to stand out in the backyard and you got good temperatures to throw your fermenters into the basement. So this is kind of a nice kind of collision, mm-hmm. you know, where everybody's brewing. Last week we talked about National Mead Day and how to make mead, uh, fast mead making, all that today. Hop growers, we'll get into that when it's time to harvest. Before we do that, um, on the hops, uh, on the topic of hops, cryo hops. Each week we're, I'm asking you, like, what's the latest? What's the latest? How's, how's it been working? How are the reviews going? Because you guys we still We finally have... opened the package. Okay. It smelled amazing. When we put them into the carboy and started racking the beer on top of it, so we used an ounce of mosaic and we used an ounce of citra in secondary in a quick extract IPA. We just wanted to get something going so we could try these out. Basically, I bought some. I couldn't stand watching them just sit on my desk. What do they look like? They kind of look like a lighter, a little more yellowy version of your regular hop. You know, pellets. Like the pellets? Yeah. And it was one of the things when we got our first sample, there was almost no plant matter. Um, and then when we got the actual product in, like I said, I was, you know, interested to find out when I opened it up, there's a fair amount of plant matter there, about 25% of what you would get with a regular ounce of hops. Um, when we put them into the secondary and put the beer on top, uh, it made a fine layer of foam, like this wonderful smelling kind of, you know, looked like hop whipped cream. And what was going on is we were seeing the CO2 kind of disperse and all these bubble, bubble nucleation sites. And so as soon as we put into the, put it into the carboy, the beer hit it, kind of these wonderful aromas really kind of filled the air. Um, so we should be tapping that today. Okay. I'll be trying it at the end of the day. Uh, if anybody wants to kind of come in and try it at the beginning of the day, we carved it up last night and wanted to let it sit overnight. And so you guys aren't, you're not the first ones to have it. You've had customers give reviews to this point or give you feedback? We've had a couple of customers get beers start to finish. They were a little bit quicker on us with having beers ready. Uh, commercial breweries as well as home homebrew shops got samples um, over the winter. Um, but very small, uh, not a lot of information provided with it, um, and not really packaging uh, meant for longevity. Uh, we got ours in a glad Tupperware container, gotcha. <laughs> kind of just loose. Um, but we are still very excited to get it, and we played around with it. Um, and now we have, you know, it to sell. And so we got a beer on tap. If you want to give it a try, come in and give it a try. And you named it the Cryo Hop IPA? Nothing? Sure. Nothing like that? Come on. No, I, we, no. Do we have a name? It's not as easy as a Crumpberry's Wit or something like that. You know? Crimey River. Yeah. Uh, the okay. Ted Williams Special. I mean, you know, he's, he's cryogenically frozen. Not too soon. I mean, I don't know. 
Cryo Hop IPA. Until they defrost them? Or? Yeah, exactly. Cryo Hop IPA so people can uh, come by and try it. Do you think they, they will notice a difference? I think so. Yeah. Um, we we did notice a big difference, especially because we didn't use a ton of hops. Normally, you're doing a big IPA like this. You're using, you know, five, six ounces of hops, and then we did an East Coast style. Uh, we got away with just, um, I think, with three and a half um, and a lot of, you know, flavor for only using three and a half and only two ounces of the cryo hop and the dry hop. And we just did five days. Uh, it's nice. It's very juicy. It's fresh. Please come in and drink it fast. We don't want it sitting around. All right. Um, before we get to an event coming up, wine shop as well. It is also mm-hmm. – does wine have a season? Wine does have a season, and we're getting into it. Fruit winemakers have really been getting into it over the past uh, couple months, kind of, you know, starts in the midsummer with strawberries uh, and, you know, raspberries and blackberries. Uh, now we kind of start getting into the stone fruit, so, you know, plums, peaches, stuff like that. Uh, following that is going to be apples and grapes, and so they'll be coming up soon. So if you want to get into winemaking with, you know, local grapes, if you want to get into making peach wines, plum wines, or if you want to get into making cider, now is the time to start thinking about it. We have all these available in extracts as well, so if you want to get an early start, get one started before you harvest what's in the backyard, we can take care of you there too. And as well, we have all the equipment needed to process whole fruit or just get started on juice if you want to do that. Also, uh, before we get into the how, 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 when, all that uh, harvest hops, uh, should mention coming up the 19th, which is going to be a week from today at noon, Mm -hmm. at Resurgence, if you are a brewer, there are still spots available. If you're a drinker, they have spots available. And if you drink, you judge at the uh, the Dude Hates Cancer event. Yeah, so it's a wonderful event. Um, Obviously, all proceeds um, go to a benefit. But the thing I really like about it is there's no styles. It's just a... Public favorite, you know, winner takes all. Whose beer does everybody like the best? So the kind of beers that win at these competitions are the exact opposite that win at traditional competitions, where they're judged per style. How well do they fit with this? It's what do I like today? Um, So I always think that's an interesting competition. I'm always interested to see what other home brewers are brewing there, too. $25 donation benefits leukemia research, uh, resurgence brewing, Next Saturday at noon. For more information, buffalo.thedudehatescancer.com. And anything else on draft supplies? I mean, it's it's the summer. We're getting to tailgate season. I know yeah. you're not allowed. Season to, started here, so yeah, you're not allowed to bring kegs. That was a rule from a couple of years back. Yep. But I mean, maybe we should real real quickly go over how you've pointed out that if you just put beer in a two liter pop bottle, right, it's really easy and you get the same seal as you would a growler. Now, this is not something I would be reusing over and over again. I might feel like I'd get a better seal than a growler because sometimes the, the growler threads are so they, short. And they get beat up a little bit yeah. too. So the plastic caps are always the best. You can you know, twist them the harder. Tapered, you can grip yeah, them harder. Yeah, you got it. But eventually you do crack them. You know what I mean? Either they, you know, they break in the bottom of a cooler on the ride home, or you just really crank them on there, and when you go to take them off, you bust them. Yeah. Um, then there's the metal seals, which I've switched over to, or the metal caps. The problem is there, if you ding any bit of the metal on the top... Your seal's gone. You got it. Right. On that note, if you need growler caps, we have all three varieties of wax seal, plastic seal, or poly seals uh, in stock. I'm waiting for someone to revolutionize the growler the way that the Fermonster did for... Like a fermenter? We do have some nice stainless steel growlers, okay. and they actually take in, I think it's a uh, one-inch MPT, so they have a nice stainless steel threaded cap. Yep. They're a standard 64-inch growler, but they look really sleek. They look really nice. 
I'm thinking about picking one up for myself. Um, they hold the the temperature a little bit better too than well, the glass. Actually, no, worse, okay. worse. worse. They're, they're better for chilling down okay. because you know you have a better uh, transfer through the metal than you would through yeah. glass. My wife got me a 64 ounce growler for my birthday, and it's it's not exactly a Yeti, but it is like I think it's some sort of vacuum seal, and it's it's definitely better than a traditional growler mm-hmm. where it's not going to sweat through it, and you're going to be able to keep a beer cold and take it on the road. But uh, yeah, and the top and the top's a little better too. So anyway. Right. Anyways, nice thing about the metal or the plastic, doesn't break. Right. And that's really what they're looking at when you, you know, look at the, you know, tailgate scene. So, you know, no exposed glass, put it in a two-liter pop bottle, put it in a stainless growler. It will be well worth your time. All right. On to our topic du jour, which is harvesting hops. It might, uh, you know, we spend a lot of the spring in February, March, April talking about planning to plant them. And if you did that... Great, because we're getting to a time where you might start to see. Yes, and if you planted early, which I did this year, um, and I think it was the earliest I've ever planted, you will probably be getting a harvest. We had a great year for the hops, um, you know, a lot of mixed rain with bright sunny days, uh, and they have done quite well. Um, so you're starting to see the kind of, you know, clusters of these green uh, cones, and these are the flowers, and they start to hang down from the plant. Um Especially if you're on a first-year rhizome, um, you're, or you haven't done commercial-style trimming to the bind, which I have to admit I have never done, um, not all your hops are necessarily going to be uh, ready at once. Um, and it's going to be kind of your job to either you know pick them off all at once, or you can also take them off in bunches. Um, a commercial hop farmer obviously has to take them all down at once, but as a home grower, you can take them off in little bunches. Um, I would start saying that you should start checking them now. Mine are not ready. Uh, some of the established plants, like uh, at my parents' house, I notice those are starting to get some ready. Um, but at my house, they haven't really developed the lupulin. And just like with the cryo hops, the lupulin is really what we're after here. The flowers look wonderful. They're nice. I'm very glad I planted them, even if I wasn't going to harvest them. But now that I know I'm going to get to harvest them, I'm starting to look at them in a little bit of a different light. Um, and I'm starting to go to them every couple of days. And actually what I've been doing now, because I know I'm a little bit early, is I'm actually taking the same hot flower over and over again and kind of lifting the skirt on it peeking up inside the hot flower and looking at what the lupulin's doing. So starting at the base of these petals, you're going to start to get lupulin production. And this is the pollen for the plant. And you're going to see at first the kind of a light gray dusting that's going to move on to this kind of almost looks like, you know, golden or yellow sugar crystals. Once you start to see a good development of those kind of yellow color and, you know, fair amount of pollen, and we're talking about just about every um, bit underneath the petal that isn't exposed to light, is beginning to show some lupulin. There's a couple of different ways. I mean, people say you can take it, rub it through your hands. If you start to feel it's getting sticky on your hands, you know it's ready then. Uh, if you are a hop head, if you've handled commercial hops before, as soon as you pick up these things, you're going to know when they're ready. So take them off, rub them in your hands, look for that yellow powder, give them a good sniff, and you'll know they're ready. Um, this is always kind of the balancing act. You're trying to catch a flower right before it blossoms. 
right when it blossoms, it's going to open up. It's going to have its peak lupulin content, and it's going to open up, and now it's going to expose that all to the environment, which it's trying to do. It's trying to attract bugs. It's trying to get stuff in there. You don't want bugs in the hop, and you don't want to lose any of that lupulin. So if you start to see flowers start to open up, and they'll start at the bottom of the cone and slowly work their way to the top, you know you want to get out of them. You shouldn't have any you know, flowers opening up yet, but... I think it's going to hit us surprisingly soon. Where does it go checking. once they blossom? to fall out, blow away? Does it, it get yeah, harvested by, just like by any bees? Other, or? You got it. Just oh, okay. like any other plant would, it, it's trying to put out that pollen. Usually with flowering plants in general, they're attracting poll- pollinators. Um, with non-flowering plants, they're usually trying to spread their seed just in pollen through just air dispersal. But the hops are flowers. They attract uh, bugs. You don't want them to get in there. Try to get them before they open up. So, yeah, and like I said, the surefire sign is they're opening up. But, again, get in there. You'll enjoy it. Rip them open. Smell them. They'll smell amazingly fresh, and it will really make you want to use them. Now, I actually tried this out for the first time last year. But you don't have to harvest all of your hops at once. Commercial, again, farmers do. They have to get a large amount of people there. They, they have poles going 20 feet up in the air. Uh, they take the whole thing down at once, hand pick them, and then you know, put them into barrels, bring them back to an oast house. So it's like a harvest day. You got it. Whereas if you're a, 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 just in your backyard, you could say, these ones are ready, those ones still have some to go. You got it. Kind of like my tomatoes in the backyard, there are definitely five red ones, and I'm not going to pick all the tomatoes because they're not clearly not all red, not all ready. You got it. So I'm what I've been trying to do in the past couple of years is spend about an hour picking uh, and only taking the best-looking flowers. So I'll go to the hot vine, and within about an hour, I can get about 15 ounces or about a pound of wet hop. That's enough to make a really good pale ale. So kind of my strategy has been start brewing, collect hops, begin to dry them, and hopefully everything matches up so that by the time I'm hitting boil, my hops are done drying, I can put them right into the beer. Um... I think I did about three loads last year. So I did one that immediately went into the beer. And then the next time I did one load that I used again in the beer the same day. And then I also saved six ounces dried. Um, And I still had tons to provide some for an altar for a friend's wedding um, and uh, bring some in to make a couple of beers and a wet hop beer at the store. Mm -hmm. Um, So you're going to get a lot of hops. And I didn't harvest probably a third of what was growing off the rhizome. So you're going to get a lot of hops. Don't feel like you need to harvest them all. But as as you see them start ripening, think about brewing a beer. Think about pulling them off in loads to try to break up the workload. Otherwise, it will be a full day affair. Yeah. So So, storage, you're talking about if you get a huge haul here, how much to use. We'll talk about drying them, storing them, them, and what to do with them. Or using them wet. Okay. So what to do once you've got them. That's on the way next here on Niagara Traditions. Just Brew It here on ESPN 1520. Jeremy White here for Niagara Tradition Home Brewing Supplies. You're listening to Just Brew It, which means either you homebrew or you're thinking about it. Wherever you are in the process, Niagara Tradition Homebrew is your source for everything homebrewing. Do what I did. Get a starter kit, and you'll be well on your way. Niagara Tradition will be there to answer your questions, give you advice, and as I try to become a more seasoned brewer, I know I can count on Niagara Tradition to be there with the supplies and the advice I need. Niagara Tradition Homebrewing Supply, 
1296 Sheridan Drive, near Military, in Tonawanda. Open Monday through Friday, 11 to 7, Saturdays, 10 to 4, and 24-7 at nthomebrew.com. Niagara Tradition Homebrew. Pay them a visit, and remember to just brew it. Welcome back. We are back on Just Brew It here on ESPN 1520. Jeremy White and Bert Deister. So we're talking about harvesting your hops. We're getting close to that. If, you, if you've noticed, it's uh, um, you're starting to see blossoms or you're right where you're about to blossom. Um, we just went over like when to do that right before blossom is peak loop, uh, lupulin content. So, all right, you've made the harvest. Now what do you now do? What? Well, your first option is to make a wet hop beer. Now, even some, you know, craft beer connoisseurs are not really uh, familiar completely with what a wet hop beer is. And is there a famous commercial wet hop beer that you Sarah can... Sierra Nevada has done one for years, I remember okay. getting my hands on. Um, I know a bunch of the local breweries have done them. They have never put them out for distribution in cans and bottles. So it's, you got to get to the brewery, you got to try it, um, you got to go get a growler filled. Yeah. So these are kind of exclusive. Rare. It would seem like in the world of beer... One percent of beers are wet hops. Not even. Not even. Okay. Not even. So uh, these beers are really special because the hops don't keep when they have their full moisture content. Um, so you can't really just throw them into a mylar bag, flush them with CO two, force the air out, and then uh, put them into the freezer. They could attract uh, mildew as well as they will start to break down over time. Um, so these beers are only available during or right after harvest season. And the fresh wet hops kind of provide a u- unique um, vegetable flavor. And if you want to describe that a little more pleasantly, you'll often see cucumber, melon, or grassy. And kind of grassy like you would say a white wine, like a Viognier or Sauvignon Blanc. So it really has this kind of, you know, you know fresh green flavor to it, um, which, again, you're only going to get in season. Um, and it's not going to last very long once the beer is brewed. So if you're going to brew one of these, now is the time of year. Um, You have a little bit of math you want to do. And we talked about this last year during harvest time. While the hops on the vine, they have about 80% water content, and you want to get that well down. So if you're measuring by weight and you want to say what the equivalent of volume would be to one ounce dried, um, you're going to use five ounces of wet hops to get the same as you would one ounce dry. So you want to adjust your recipes accordingly. Um, And this goes from bittering through flavoring through dry hopping, um, five to one. So five ounces for every one you would use in your normal recipe. Um, After that, it's pretty much like serving any other beer. Um, It's going to have a little bit of a you know, vegetable flavor that will die back over time, but you're shooting for that. Try to drink it fresh. Usually a beer like this is slightly sweet, still has a good bitter tone to it, so you still get some alpha acids, but you also have a load of fresh hop flavor, and that's really what they're about. Usually we'll say 6 to 7%, um, a little bit bigger, you know, punch on the hops than you would with a normal IPA. Now, if you don't want to make a wet hop beer, you do have the option of drying them out, and there's a few methods to that. Um, I remember one of these being as simple as putting them on a screen and having a fan blow air through them. You got it. Like so that's the easiest method. We won't call it the best, but if okay. you're going to do but if you just nothing, 
Do it's that like, instead. It's like laundry. Just put it out and blow some air on it, and <laughs> they'll dry out. You got it. Okay. Um, so same thing goes for the hops. Now, there's a, a couple better ways. <laughs> you okay. can make a homemade O. So usually we talked about this last year. You would take two cardboard boxes, cut out the top of one, the bottom of the other, put a um, hair dryer in the bottom box on the lowest heated setting. And you're going to want to check on this every once in a while. Really about 120 degrees is your ceiling here for how warm you want to get before you start doing some damage to the flavors. You don't want to toast the hops. You yes. just want to you just want to warm, warm them, them gently, yeah. yeah. So help dry out the air around them. Um, and you can also use your food dehydrator, which I found is actually the best. It really gets close to that ceiling. It's, mine gets about 110, 115 degrees. Um, so I want to move around the trays a couple of times, um, and it does it quite quick. Uh, within three hours, I, I keep kind of checking them and notice it's coming down and down as I space them out a little bit better. But I would say anywhere from an hour and a half to three hours in a dehydrator. Homemade oats might take overnight to six hours. Leaving them out on the table with a fan could take a couple of days. And that really depends on if you have some type of dehumidification in the house. If you have a dehumidifier going, that might work out for you. If you don't, if you got the windows open still, I wouldn't just set them out on the table. I've had a lot of friends kind of have bad luck with that. So... If you're looking at what you want to do, you want to avoid light, you want to keep it under 120 degrees, you want to keep air moving around it, and you want to try to do it as fast as possible. The longer it's exposed to oxygen, the longer it's exposed to heat, the more flavors you're losing, really. So you want to try to do this as quick as possible. That's one of the reasons why I like the food dehydrator. It's done in an hour and a half, and it's right into my beer. Now, this is where I think a lot of people, and we got a lot of questions afterwards about... Um, how to tell when the hops are done. If you have been doing this for a while, you usually just tend to judge them by feel. You'll take some of the hops in your hand, you'll rub them around, and they'll go from being um, sticky and wet and kind of mushing in your hand to all of a sudden they kind of start breaking apart like tissue paper and they have a crunchy feel to them. They still have that stickiness, but they start to break apart. Um, you can do it by weight, which is what we tried to encourage people to do last year. So if you had a sample in there, you say you had a one-ounce sample in your dehydrator, in your homemade oats, you can separate it using a hot bag. Um, you would want to have that weigh 25% of what it is. So take a one-ounce sample. When that one ounce is uh, anywhere from a quarter of an ounce to a fifth of an ounce, you're good to go. Pull them all off. And that's going to be the surefire way to know. And that's what the professionals do. Even though they do this every day, they still measure. You know what I mean? You got it. Talk to a commercial brewer. Try to find me one that doesn't take gravities. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Just because they're the best on it doesn't mean they take shortcuts. And I think at home, you definitely want to take that advice to heart. Take a measurement. There's nothing more disappointing than going to your hops and say, you know, February to try to make a big, you know, winter IPA and to find out that they've gone a little bit moldy, that they really don't have the flavor that they had before because there was still a little bit of humidity left in the bag and all you had to do was wait another 45 minutes to an hour. Okay. So then it's time to package because now, you've got your your hops, they are dried, you are storing. Yeah. And again, if we want to talk about a big mistake I see people make, get 
non-permeable bags. So they're usually labeled as freezer bags, and this is going to prevent water and oxygen from moving in and out of the hops. The other bags are for you know bread or vegetables, uh, stuff you want to breathe so they don't end up with uh, you know humidity on the outside. And those permeable bags are going to let out that humidity. They will also let some oxygen in and some humidity as well, and we want to prevent this. Um, so first, you want to try to flush it out with CO2 if you can. If you have a kegging system, great. Hook up just a you know a, a CO2 line to a, like a quarter-inch hose, shove it in the bag, give it a little flush, and then try to force out as much air as you can. Usually, you would take like the Ziploc bag, put it between you know two heavy books, and push down really hard, and then have a friend if somebody's there you know, zip the bag shut. And that's going to be fine. You can put that in the freezer for years, and they're going to keep really, really well. Um, food savers do work great, but I've had a couple of problems over the years. One, it seems to take me kind of two runs to get all the air out. And if your hops are very, we'll say, you know, dusty with lupulin powder, um, it tends to pull up to where the, you know, food saver is trying to make a seal. Uh, and can prevent the bag from making a full seal. So if you use a food saver, you just want to go back, you want to check on them once before you leave them in the freezer for the long haul um, to make sure they've sealed up. But if you do all this, and we'll say you don't have to do it perfectly, but if, if you do it, I think, to the best of the your ability, these hops will last for years and years and years in the freezer. And this is often why we talk about, especially when we were talking about in the spring, oh, even if you don't think you're going to harvest hops this year, get them planted. They're a wonderful ornamental. Um, I only harvest my homegrown hops about every three years. Because after I make a couple of beers and I put away almost a pound of leaf, I really am only going to brew with so much Columbus and so much sauce. <laughs> Once I kind of, you know, have a couple of beers through, I start to move on. So, um... Yeah, don't worry that you'll have to harvest every year. If you package it well, it's going to last a long, long time. When it comes to, you said you harvest once every three years, there's no, like what happens years two and three? You harvest year one, years two and three, the plant just exists and... I watch them bloom. I watch them turn back. from green to a beautiful yellow and... And stronger every year, basically. You you're, got it. you're just kind of letting the hop, the, the vine itself strengthen over time and then every third year you're going to get that much more you got it gotcha all right well if you have uh hops that you can harvest and that meets the criteria of what purchase laid out there then uh, i suppose it's time to get after it yeah and if you don't know if you have hops to harvest get out there and check on them they're probably starting to get ready like i said mine we're just starting to develop some lupulin uh, i know other people who could probably pull you know a, definitely a pound of wet hops mm -hmm. off their vines already all right very good that's it for us we'll be back next saturday as we uh, get closer and closer to you know fall the darker beers the different season the changing of the season the changing of the beers you got it so we'll be back next week not saying we're talking dark beer next week but you know what i'm saying uh that's it for us here on just brew it on espn 1520 listening to Just Brew It, brought to you by Niagara Tradition Home Brew. Whether you're a seasoned brewer or just want to get started, visit them at 1296 Sheridan Drive in Tonawanda or online at nthomebrew.com. And be sure to tune in next week for another episode of Just Brew It.